0: They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello everybody
1: and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host madness. for the night, ALO I'm Aaron talking. Lloyd. And I'm joined by X2Fly Eric Trambicki. It's just the best friends tonight. How you doing, buddy? What's
0: going on, guys?
1: Alright, well, uh, I was going to start the show in a very pash way. I was, I was really going to start the show by throwing Vince McMahon in the tub with this whole... Uh, I thought
0: you were going to complain.
1: Uh... Yeah, this this isn't a complaint. This is a valid thing to talk about, but uh, the way it was reported was actually inaccurate. So uh, I'm sure you heard about the, Vince, the thing about Vince banning his superstars from using third party app, third party uh, websites, and things like that. But yeah. a, as Mike Rome broke it down, he said basically you can't use your rest your WWE name in what you're doing. Okay, so they're
0: they're fine to use their shoot names.
1: Yes. So, but but they do that. In most cases, actually now, anyway. So that's fine. I I know Vince is still up in the air about the whole cameo thing. And it would have been crazy for him to, like, stop their income because I'm not a big Twitch guy. But I think for a certain tier on Twitch, Paige, she gets $45,000 a month. If you hit a certain tier on uh,
0: Jeez.
1: on Twitch. Well,
0: did you hear – I don't know if it was in the group text, but did – but did you see about how much income uh, Big is making on Cameo just due to co- during COVID?
1: I have not, but I already know like the big, like the superstars. They they have like their prices are ridiculous. I think Sasha Banks was two fifty. I think Big E was around two fifty as well. I know Alexa was three hundred. Like uh, there's an infamous video of her going around rejecting the guy who actually on a date. I'm not sure if you saw that a while back.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. I did see that. I could be completely wrong. I think. Biggie's charge was like 150, 140 For some reason, one forty seems like the figure, or maybe because I'm remembering one hundred forty k. Like just doing this, like I think he made one hundred forty k during COVID, and that's like that's that's awesome for him.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, especially with these guys not getting insurance and for the, to secure mm-hmm. their futures. And like I said, these prices are high, but it's not like WWE doesn't charge high prices for their meet and greets anyway. Like I think the summer, what was it, um, the SummerSlam? package they try to do. It was like, what, 250 for two minutes for a meeting with Bailey or whoever, but good for them. I'm glad that whole thing got situated with and I want to start the show off with some New York as you would say. Uh, Roman Reigns. So, Roman Reigns, clearly a heel and if you're complaining about anything WWE is doing storyline-wise, stop right here because I've granted them all summer about their booking decisions and they've done a lot of things differently and they actually had, had a layers to their stories, but I think it's another great move by having Roman face Jey Uso. It's not going to be the biggest name with Jey Uso, but if you're talking about story and want actually a storyline driven, sto- um, a storyline driven feud, this is it. Uh, so your thoughts on Roman yeah. Reigns facing Jey Uso at Clash of Champions.
0: So uh, I also will tip my hat on just the fact that it's really different and very unexpected. Um, I will need you to clarify something because the only full segment I watched from this past week of uh, SmackDown was just the uh, Bailey and Sasha fallout. I watched the last like 60 seconds of the match and then everything that transpired after. So Jay Uso re- uh, replaced someone for Big the e. Fatal 4-Way or did it become a 5-Way? He replaced What Big happened e. to Big E? Was he injured? Or? Yeah,
1: they did a, a stretcher job. And um, also, him and Sasha—they both did stretcher jobs. So Biggie had a stretcher job, and Jey Uso ended up replacing him in the triple threat match.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 So now, how to come up? How they come up with Jey? How they got to him?
1: Now that part I missed because I only saw the, the ending of okay. of him be, actually being in yeah. the match. But I know there was a backstage altercation between him and Roman early in the night.
0: Yeah, I saw like a little bit of the clip. Yeah, so like I am I'm, I'm here for it and I'm interested and like the thing that I think is really cool is, you know, obviously the Uso brothers have been on the main roster way longer than Roman has. But like besides like, you know, when they do the weekly build ups like a pay per view tag match where you get like one Uso facing like one half of the tag champions that they're gonna be facing at the that month's pay per view. Or like you know the little odd maybe battle royal while the other Uso is injured. You never really got a singles run from either of them. So to see to see Jake get this opportunity out of nowhere, get plopped into the fatal four way and become the number one contender for the WWE Championship is is different. It's cool. Obviously, like you said, it's not really a big name, but it is awesome to see you know legitimate cousins going at it and also to just see.
1: A feud you didn't see coming a mile, a mile away. It, you didn't see it coming. And the perfect thing about this story is it's supplanting Roman as a heel because I'm not sure how competitive the match is actually going to be. But at some point in Clash of Champions, he's basically going to destroy his own cousin. And there's nothing more heelish yeah. than to get somebody over as a heel by destroying your own family family member. Yeah,
0: true.
1: true. And, and then you talked about Big E. And also, WB's, I'm crediting, crediting them with this as well they see Big E as a big deal because they wouldn't have took him out if they didn't see money in Roman versus Big E. So I'm going to give them kudos for that as well. I thought that was that, that actually made me more excited for a future Big E and Roman Reigns title match. And you talked about Sasha and Bayley real quick. Uh, I've been dedicated almost a whole segment on the show while you guys were away to these two because they, they've been that excellent. And I thought everything they did on Friday was perfect. And for example, in the match itself, I'm not sure if you watched the match. I know you said you watched this, the um, Bailey turn on her, but in the Just match... Just finish, really. Okay, so in the match they turned Sasha into a sympathetic face with her knee injury in the match, and Baszler and Nia working on her knees, and they dedicate a lot of time to this whole angle, because when the match is over they have the EMTs come out, and they check on Sasha. It goes to commercial break, and then when they come back from commercial break, they're still in the ring, and then they dedicated a segment to Sasha. I mean Bailey destroying Sasha. And I really did think it went I think they actually booked that actually perfectly. And I think the idea the, the best idea for them to do is have Sasha off TV until after Clash of Champions. And Hell in a Cell is the next pay-per-view when this match does deserve Hell in a Cell. But if it is Sasha and Bailey at Clash of Champions have it end in a DQ so we can get the hell in a cell match. But even without having a prior match, this match can still go into hell in a cell. And I understand the whole fact that it deserves to be the WrestleMania stage. But you know, personally that I don't give a damn about what stage. I just want to, I just want to see it as long as it's being told the right way. So yeah. your thoughts on Sasha and Bailey and Billy turning on Sasha. So I got a lot of
0: thoughts on it. Um, you know, like you said last week, uh, Prep and I were on the air with you. Um, both these women have been doing a phenomenal job and for most of the summer carrying the whole company being, if not, you know, in the top three hottest um, programs going on, maybe number one, most of the time. Um, And and for being a duo of heels, like they they were like unhateable heels while together, especially when they were chasing to have the the four belts at simultaneously at, at one point. Um, really great stuff they did. And it was one of those things. Now, it, it's like a mix of two things. Like, for for the lifeline of this show, we've always been waiting for the main roster, Sasha versus Bailey feud. And we haven't got it. And we, countless times, have been on the show talking about how it's about to happen, about to happen. One thing I really, really can appreciate about what they did last week is I still, for the past month, month and a half, I still saw... Sasha turning on Bailey. Sasha wanted the SmackDown women's title. Sasha turning on her best friend. I saw I was anticipating them to lose the tag titles. sasha be pissed because now she's beltless and she'd go after Bailey. I love the fact that what I personally as a fan saw coming isn't what happened. Um and then this is this is also kind of like to heart back to Big E and come right back. Like I'm torn as a fan because I've been wanting Biggie to get, like, this monster push for, for, like, so long. But I almost want them – it's one of those few moments you want as a fan to be selfish and not ha- let them do it right now because I want, I want people in the crowd when that happens. But, like, I just feel like they've done – the girls have obviously done such a good job with this that it's like, all right, you, can, you give me everything right now. Give me the main course. I'm ready for it because it's already hot and they've done such a good job even without the crowd.
1: Yes, and you said that you thought Sasha was going to be the one to turn. I always felt it would be Bailey because Bailey's actually grown so much as a character with, without these yeah. without fans and the fact. And actually, sorry, I'm not sure if you listened to, to the one man shows I've been, I did over the summer. So the fact of Sasha not being able to defend the royal title successfully and then losing the women's tag titles for, for Bailey, it's like, what the hell? I, what the hell do I need you for? Like, you you do nothing for me, even Mm -hmm. though Sasha's helped Bailey retain the title almost almost on every occasion. But I always thought that Bailey would kind of see Sasha as that weak link. And I can't appreciate that. And I think the rumor is saying that it's supposed to be Naomi at Clash of Champions. I hope it is Naomi at Clash of Champions so you can keep Sasha off TV for a little bit longer. But I think this feud has been actually really good. I'm actually looking forward to... See what they, go, what they end up doing with it. And I hope Sasha stays the same and doesn't go full baby face. I hope she stays this character. Because we saw, that yeah, we saw this character work with Becky Lynch. And then when Becky Lynch became the man, I said, well, the first man was actually Sasha Banks' legit boss. So I hope they actually stay with this and just let them go from there. Because this feud can actually work.
0: So let's get... No, so I guess like one of my kind of like yeah, I'm kind of like indifferent on, but like I I feel like you know obviously Bailey being first, Asuka being second is like if Sasha were to come back and dethrone Bailey, become SmackDown Women's Champion, like I'm looking forward to her getting that that one title that's been eluding her. But at the same time, I feel like the feud's strong enough where if they want to give Naomi this push, she can dethrone Bailey and then Sasha can come back and they don't even need the belt to be part of it.
1: Well. I personally wanted about the belt because I think it's all about the belt because Sasha's been the one helping Bailey win all yeah. these matches. And then whenever Sasha does win, because Sasha is going to be, beat Bailey for the title, the the aftermath of that I think will be really good too. Because I think Bailey will just take it as a joke and, and, t- and not take it as anything because Sasha has never successfully defended a single title. So I'm looking forward to the aftermath of when Sasha eventually does beat Bailey. Looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Yeah, so now for the advertised content. Uh, you met AW All Out from this past weekend. You may or may not hear our rating system. So come on in, Howard. All right, thank you, Howard. The Following Podcast has a rating system in place. If it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. If the show falls somewhere in the middle, it gets a slumber knocker. And, if it is an amazing show, it gets the rating on ratings, it will get a show-stopper. all out from this past weekend your thoughts and rating on the show
0: um I, I, I'm kind of torn on the show it was uh, I mean my rating I'm gonna jump rating my rating I'm gonna give it a knock. the show wasn't bad um due to happenstance due to COVID due to the pavilion they performed in and the Florida humidity there were some technical errors here and there few botches maybe a few too many botches um but again you or i know no no, uh prior bumps taken in the middle of a ring so i'm not here to knock anyone for that um there were some things like you know obviously when we review the cards but there there were some there were some things I, i left wanting more and i don't think in the positive way like as a wrestling fan where it's like oh okay like yeah this happened and it was so good. I wanted more. I just, I really, as a fan and as a purchaser of this pay per view, I'm like, yeah, I I, I deserve a little more. Right, just a little no, nah, and nah, I don't get it. Um, overall, show show I thought was pretty good. I just thought there was there were some things I expected I didn't get.
1: Yeah, I thought the show was okay. I'm shocked by your rating because I thought you would have rated rated higher. Because I know you're the AEW guy on the show. Um, this might have been the least. Except-
0: well, I can't go showstopper
1: when I I didn't I didn't get what I wanted, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so this might have been the least interested I've been in the AEW pay-per-view since the inception. Uh, there was good on this show. I'm not saying there wasn't. Uh, I love Britt Baker and Big Swole's match. I thought it ended perfectly with the Novocaine and gas, and that's how Britt Baker lost. Perfect. I thought that was ended well. Um, the Bucks working heel, I'm not sure if you can elaborate on that with me or not. I thought that was strange. Uh, the, I thought the tag match was really good for the tag team titles in the match and in my opinion I love the story of Hangman trying to basically like totally redeem himself throughout that match and I thought the Mimosa Mayhem match the ending was fun and Mox and MJF I thought the ending was was imp- was the ending was perfect and maybe one of the most vicious DDTs I've ever seen yeah I mean as, as far as with the Bucks I don't know I'm kind of
0: confused in their direction they're going but I mean who doesn't mind seeing something different uh, I mean, like, the last time I guess they were really, like, true heels were, were like, the early Bullet Club era, like, kicking, out. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were loved in America and they were getting cheered by everyone, but they weren't really playing the heels against all the babyface factions, whether it was either in Ring of Honor or New Japan. Um, so I'm not really sure what they're doing. I mean, with this whole dismembering um, of the elite, I guess the world we're going to see some real different stuff coming from all those guys. Um, the the match card and the ordering of it, I thought was a little funky. I even uh, I don't know if you read that report of one of the fans that was there in attendance and him saying that he thought the the order of the card was a little wonky. I didn't get to see the uh, cinematic match. The uh, that, School, that opened the show. Um, was having... Yeah, so that that opened it, and it's like, why would you not use a cinematic match as a filler? So, like, why would you open that when like, people are like sitting in, in the, their chairs hot? So instead, like while they're sitting in their chairs hot for the show to start, let's have them watch essentially a promo package because you're watching it on the screen. Yeah. Um, the, the box match, I wasn't really, I don't know. I'm not, you know, not, not to knock the guys. I don't know if it's just the trio and I, I look forward to seeing what they do apart. Jurassic Express doesn't, I don't usually get too excited when I see them on TV. I don't usually expect them to go over. Um, so I wasn't really excited about that the, the Young Bucks match. Um, so I, in a way, I think that was kind of like one of the early like, downfalls of the show. And it was like I literally started the show. That match was on. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not really missing nothing. Like, that was already like the match I was looking the least forward to.
1: So the AEW world title, Moxley retains against MJF. I thought the match was okay. We know MJF isn't the best in the ring, but we know he could deliver on a storyline perspective. Uh, MJF reaching for the ring. And Mox catching him while Warlow's distracting the referee, and like I said, hitting one of the most vicious paradigm shifts I've ever seen. I thought that ended ended pretty much
0: all his most of his paradigm shifts since he's been, uh, all his double arms DDTs since an AW have usually been crazy. All his like squash match ones, Mm -hmm. I mean, he gets them all the way up there hook line and just cocks back. It's it's different, but I enjoy it, yeah,
1: and also at All Out. Lance Archer, he did win the Casino Battle Royale, and he'll challenge John Moxley at a later date. So, thoughts on the world title match and the upcoming match for Archer. Do you think they'll hit on their history in Japan?
0: So, due to uh, Dynamite, it doesn't seem like they, uh, they are going to hit completely on it. Uh, I, I did listen to, I believe it was in a podcast, or it may have been a, a Tony Khan one-off, where they said they may mention that they have met before, but they're not going to harp on it being in New Japan. I I, I don't I guess maybe because they don't want people to go back and watch that match. So, like, I guess, I think AEW is really trying to make it seem like it's a fresh match. You're seeing something you haven't seen. So they're not going to go harp on the fact that they had a match this year. So on the, on the 4th of, the, of January this year, you know, they had their match. Um, the one thing, I, and I, I again, me not being the biggest Lance Archer fan, have they called him in AEW the Murder Hawk yet?
1: Occasionally, they have in the past.
0: Okay, because I know that's what they called him in New Japan, and in his promo tonight, after after Jake um, did his talking, Lance gets on and he he refers to himself as the Murder Hawk and was saying how you know. This is this is the end of his run, and you know he he didn't they, he didn't mention anything about their their previous bout. But the one thing I took away from it was like, hmm, have have they called himself the Murder hockey? I was trying I was digging and I was I was trying to find the piece that was resemblance to their their match in Japan.
1: Now, now one thing about AEW, which which I I did, I, I understand it, but I don't really like it, and I don't know really I don't recall asking you about your view on this, the win loss record. So, for example, for for Lance Archer, it's like, he's in a TNT title match with Cody, and then he's basically relegated to AEW Dark for the most part. Now, you get your wins on AEW Dark, and it counts your win-loss record, but honestly, unless you're a diehard, you're not really keeping up with AEW Dark. And it's basically, and we all know that TV is always the the thing that matters the most, and it's like, you disappear for months, and then you come back, and then you lose, and you kind of got to build yourself back up, but after you lose, it's like, then what? And it's, it's happened to a lot of guys who've had she had championship yeah. matches, and I don't really care for that.
0: Yeah, so, similar to that, my my one kind of gripe with AEW, where I feel like I don't know, and because I'm not I'm not a fairweather fan by any means, but like I guess I could kind of see how like. A lot like any, you, you know, friends of ours that are like fair weather WWE fans that can like not watch Raw and Smackdown, but show up and watch a pay per view and kind of know what's going on. I feel like with AEW, you really can't do that. I kind of noticed from their inception, the one thing that I didn't really like is they, they 100% assume that if you're watching Dynamite, you are also watching DTE religiously. You are also watching the randomly pops up road to series, mm-hmm. whether it's to a random dynamite, the road to this month's pay-per-view, the road to this tournament. And I've noticed certain times where like I'm watching something on a dynamite. I'm like, what is this about? And then like, you know, I might binge a night or two later, and I might go on a YouTube rabbit hole and then after I play a video. You know how YouTube generates the next video that comes up. Well, three videos later, it's a Road to episode I haven't watched, and there's something going on that has to do with the storyline that is playing, taking place a week later on Dynamite. I'm like, oh, okay, like, all right. So if I didn't watch the thing on YouTube, I would just never know. So that's kind of my gripe with them. Like they they think they think you watch everything on YouTube, and when I say that, I'm also including Dark. Yeah. Like, I thought one of the best. I, my favorite. I think. Outside of, like, random people coming from outside of AEW, my favorite challenger for Cody's Open Challenge was Scorpio Sky. And, like, the real cool thing was, like, Scorpio Sky was building up promos on AEW Dark about how, like, he's the best in AEW Dark. And he, overall in AEW, like, his his best, like, win-loss record, like, you know, the only person to beat him is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho was the world champion at the time. And, like, Going over everything that, like, you know, oh, by the way, the only person to beat Chris Jericho at the time was John Moxley. And he's like, guess what? John Moxley's a world champion. So, like, stuff like that I thought was really good. And I was like, hmm, like, if, if that was good enough to sell you, you would almost say, all right, even if I don't watch AW Dark, like, I want to go and watch that stuff that he's doing. So, I mean, it's a, it, I definitely see a complaint in it, but just kind of is what it is,
1: I guess. Yeah, now, I appreciate them acknowledging it and, like, making it a thing. Unlike WWE, like, for example, like, WWE, when they started Superstars and Main Event, you know, they hype it it up for a little while, and then they just throw whoever's on there. And... But I do appreciate them promoting it on Instagram. Everybody promotes it. They promote it on Dynamite. But... Like you said, like, like the Road 2 series. I enjoy the Road 2 series when I do watch it. But a lot of times you got to see it, kind of got to see those, you should see those video packages on the show. Now, being the elite, that if you want to integrate stories, show it on television. Cause I, think, I, I think a lot of times they don't show these things on television and you have to kind of get it, understand what the hell you're watching. But I do I do commend them yeah. for actually like trying to make everything matter, but... I don't think everybody's watching all these things for the matter. Like last week when we talked, last week when I pre, we previewed uh, all out, I, I asked about Brandy and Anna J Now, when it comes to dark, I'll look out for certain people. I like. Oh, maybe I'll fast forward to that match. But also on their YouTube channel, they after a few few days they break the matches up individually. So if I want to watch something, I will watch it then. But I'm looking out for specific people. But I, I I commend them for for acknowledging and making everything work. But it's it's a you kind of got to put that on your main show as well, like the women's tournament. They made a try to make a big deal about this women's tournament, but but tournament, but it's on the, it's on YouTube, and it's like I understand you're doing it, but
0: and then it, it randomly pops up on like a different day of the week of like the, the from the rotation.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like I I understand it, but it's like it's like we got to see the whole tournament on TV and not YouTube, even though um,
0: yeah, yeah. you
1: had the finals on on Dynamite, so. They did be tag team titles there on the line. My match tonight, FTR, they defeat Hangman and Kenny Omega. And I, I love the idea of Hangman and Kenny not being a real team, pissing off FTR. The same thing with the Young Bucks back at Revolution. And before the match started, commentary was discussed at FTR. They've been a tag team specialist for years, and Kenny and Hangman have only been since January. And the whole idea of Hangman trying to totally redeem himself really worked here. And I thought he really took it to FTR because they basically used him th- for months. And I thought it was perfect that Kenny was the one who had the miscue in the match because Hangman was doing his best to make it up to Kenny. Uh, Kenny leaves Hangman and, and ditches him in the ring and he gives the Bucks an ultimatum. I'm not sure what happened on Dynamite because we're recording Wednesday night. So your thoughts on the tag team championship match?
0: So the Tag Team Championship match was, without a doubt, me being a Moxley fan, me being a fan of MJF, this was not only my match of the night, but it was also the one I was most invested in and the one I was looking the most forward to. However, being a snappy wrestling fan, it was one of those where like I expected a certain more defi- definitive turn and didn't get that, which left me confused and kind of eagerly waiting for what's next. Dynamite this week doesn't really give you a good clarification uh, Hangman is kind of holding on to the fact that he's like, Kenny and I are going to work through this. We're going to give it another shot. We're going to regain the tag titles. Kenny is saying the complete opposite. Kenny is saying, "I'm, you know, h- how many fans are, are complaining about me being in a tag team and they want a certain singles competitor from me. And I've been uh, selfless and I've been contributing to the tag division for the last year and that's over. I have my own goals and I'm focusing on that. So it leaves you kind of confused. The only thing the Young Bucks did is they super kicked Marquez when he was uh, banging on their door. So, yeah, you, you know, it leaves you again. Now, the super AEW fan is waiting for Dino, uh, BCE on Monday to see what's going on. And then the regular person's got to wait until um, Dynamite next week to see where they're going.
1: Well, Kenny, the listen- match
0: overall, I really enjoyed.
1: Go ahead. No, go ahead. How a... no, I
0: I But overall, the match really great. FTR um, definitely, you know, stay in their claim as one of the greatest tag teams—not of just uh, modern era, but all time. Um, definitely, like you know, it's it's cool because you know we we were early inception nFC fans just to see everything they've done and adding another uh, piece of hardware to their trophy case.
1: I'm yeah, here for it. Yeah, I was gonna say, hey. Kenny's been listening to the show because I was advocating for that a few weeks ago as well. But yeah, I'm interested to see because I thought I said I thought Kenny should—he's been the most selfless out of anybody because he was renowned as the best wrestler in the world, and he's taken a back seat in the past year since AEW's been started. And I said I think that at a certain point within within the last few months of the year, that he kind of needs to become the cleaner and actually like show the world what he can actually do because I think he can actually transcend AEW to another level as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm open for
1: that. Yeah, so... So, I gotta
0: ask. I gotta flip the flip the table real quick. Question for you. We kind of grazed over it when talking about Lance Archer. Did you watch the Casino Battle Royale?
1: I'm glad you said that. Because I was about to talk about the ending. The ending was fucking horrible. What, what, like, I don't know what, if Jake's trying to... I don't know what Jake was doing with the bag. I don't know if he's trying to get the snake to rub on Eddie Kingston or something like that. The ending was shit. Hey.
0: I, I, guess, I guess the whole thing was just a scare. I'm like, ah, here's the snake, blah, blah, blah. It just
1: looked bizarre. And poor um, Matt, yeah,
0: yeah, so I know. Yeah, obviously, I got a heart for that. So, again, to the listeners, if you don't recall, I am a Battle Royal aficionado, MCNOB. <laughs> so, I'm here for a Battle Royal any day of the week. And I mentioned last week previewing the show, I was very much looking forward to this. Um, I think this was the most exciting Battle Royal since All In. and God forbid I say it's more exciting. At least because there was a proper buildup. Obviously, the All In one, we didn't really know many people that were going to be in it, and it was to chase someone for the Ring of Honor World Title that same night. Uh, still a fun Battle Royal. So everything turned out. I was looking forward to this just due to I really thought Dynamite last week on the Go Home show. They did a strong job at building this up um, with the classic, you know, Battle Royal pull apart going on. On the Go Home Show, Eddie Kingston and his new form faction, Taz and his his cronies talking about stuff. Jake hyping up Archer. Um, Archer again, me not being a big fan is not who I wanted to win. So I was kind of kind of hoping for other people. I didn't think Eddie Kingston was going to be the the runner up. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> I, did you see that coming? I did not. Uh, yeah, definitely poor poor Matt say um, it, it was one of those things, you know, it was a, a little warm in my place. I, I think, you know, Richie and I were watching it. We were kind of like a little like, oh, okay, cool. Like, there, there's the surprise. And then, like, I always make a joke to uh, Bees and Joey's manager at work because I feel like he looks like modern day Matt Seidel because he, <laughs> you know, has the beard and a similar haircut. But he comes out and boxes that shooting star pass. And I'm like, like, that looked terrible. Terrible. And then he still ended up being one of the last three out there. Um, I really was, you know, I said this last because I was really pulling for Sean Spears in this match. I don't know. I'm really behind him lately. But, yeah, I mean, overall I enjoyed it. Now, now uh, and again, I think I may have got distracted, and I think I may have just seen the exact fallout and say, okay, cool, Lance Archer won. But was there something weird to how Eddie Kingston lost? That almost was, like, not a legit loss. And I'll, I'll explain my reasoning and ask that in a moment. Go ahead. So, so th- there's, uh, you know, his his boys, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are at each other's throat during Dynamite tonight, and then Butcher and the Blade and Kingston are, are pulling them apart, getting them to shake hands and everything cool. And then the, the, you know, it took them a while, but once they finally shake hands, Eddie Kingston goes, "Oh, and by the way, look up the rules." I never really lost the battle royal, and I forget it. And then he drops the mic and leaves. And to me, I'm sitting there I'm like, he? like I'm like, was this was this bulldog Sean like he <laughs> went over the rope only one foot? Like, well, what do you mean? Like, how did he not? How did he not lose? So I, I didn't know if, if there was something fresh in your head. I was like, yeah, he did. He did it legitimately. Take it out.
1: No, no, I didn't really pay any attention at all. So, um, so the so on Dynamite, he just basically left the ring after he said that.
0: Yeah, he just kind of he slowly uh, and gradually got like, kind of like the close up in the camera. He just kind of you know smiled at the camera, dropped his, made the statement, dropped the camera, and they went to the next segment.
1: Okay, all right. So next up, we have the AEW Women's World Title. the Sheeta she defeats the Rosa. I thought it was a good match too. Uh, I talked about Sheeta. Well, in the match they, in the on commentary, they talked about Sheeta studying the Lucha Libre style. For this match with Thunder Rosa, and I thought they weren't that role to the story because there's a point in the match where Sheeta couldn't put Thunder Rosa away, and like Rosa's just laughing, has her tongue out, and she's just like so proud of herself. Sheeta basically threw everything she had at her, and that's one th- aspect of matches I do enjoy is when everybody throws everything but the kitchen sink at you. So, what are your thoughts on Sheeta and Thunder Rosa?
0: Oh, I, I enjoyed the match. I again, it was one of those I guess the kind of complaint of like the placement of the match. Um, the whole crowd was dead after the, the Matt Hardy spot. And it was one of the things, like, you know, they were dead. And then I think all fans watching it were just kind of concerned, like checking social media to see what's going on. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I- I'm a fan of uh, both women. And um, just for you to know, next week from the Roses, defending the NWA women's title on Dynamite. Say that one more time. So, um, you know. Thunder Roses defending the oh, oh, NWA okay. women's title on Dynamite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, against Ivalice. Oh, oh which awesome. Which I'm always a fan when she's on the TV. Uh, TV. Teeth and tail. Redheads are dope. Even though they ain't real. <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> All right. Then we had the Mimosa Mayhem match for Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. I'm glad Orange and Cassidy won because he infin- went on top of this feud as well. Because I think he kind of cemented himself as a star in the company. Jericho laying in the pool of Mimosa was perfect. And I just want to say this before... You say anything? If the, to all you hypocrites, if WWE did this, you would shit on it. Floor's yours. uh
0: yeah, I, I, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I I like Orange Cassidy. I I guess be like a, I think a big Jericho fan. I don't know. I guess I really didn't love him doing the full putover. Just because, I mean, I get it. uh You know, it's great. He's putting over a new talent. I guess I'm just so used to like him for so many years just continuously putting over new guys in, in New York. Um, but, you know, he gets he a, a good promo and a strong tag team showing tonight uh, on Dynamite. So it's kind of washes that taste out of my mouth. Fun match, fun stipulation, great memes coming out of it. All
1: right. All right, so after that, we had a few quick hits. The Nightmare Family defeated the Dark Order. Brody Lee loses his shit on Colt Cabana. And we talked about the Young Bucks defeating Jurassic Express and Big Swole defeated Britt Baker. And Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara. I don't know how the hell they let Matt Hardy finish that match.
0: So uh, to recap on that stuff, um, enjoyable parts of the show. Um, the Matt Hardy spot was crazy. Um, there's no debate. That is Matt Hardy is an old-timer wrestler. He's an Attitude Eric guy. I don't think there's anyone else from the roster that would have had that bump happen and keep it going. Maybe Goldust. That's or I'm sorry, Dustin Rhodes, um, Jericho. Those three. Nobody else. I'm not here to debate it. Billy Gunn. I'm sorry. Maybe there's a fourth. Um, I, 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 yeah, it, it's it's stupid. I'm you know it, it, I'm gonna sound like a a hole. Like I I don't I, I actually I hate I I hate the fans that are like coming for AEW, the company as a whole, for letting this happen. Like, Matt, I don't know. I feel like Matt has some type of seniority that, like, you know, this was his thing. He wanted it to keep going. You know, it was him being a professional. Yeah, like, I get it. It's not safe and everything. But in some sick way, it makes me respect the guy more than I already do and I'm already a big Matt Hardy fan. Um, He announces on Dynamite that he is injured now. He's going to be healing himself. Uh, Rebby and their youngest child were in the crowd, uh, like Channing Moore, during the segment. Um, his goal is to get right, come back, and uh, get a bunch of wins under his belt, or under his belt, and no pun intended, then go for a belt. Um, aside from Hardy, uh, um, that was enjoyable. And then after that, you know, the that main event of the night, you have Brody Lee going over on Dustin Rhodes retaining the TNT title. Dark Order comes out to celebrate and he shuns Cole Cabana and Cole Cabana comes out all excited, but he kicks him out, makes him leave the ring. Evil Uno is escorting him back up the stage. So not really sure where they're going with that. Is Cole Cabana going to have to show some more evil intentions? Is he going to have to redevelop his character or is he essentially going to be the first person to kind of like dismember from the Dark Order? I'm not really sure what they're doing with that, but it's interesting in multiple ways because – Obviously, Brody Lee is continuing to be more done, uh, dominant. And then what do they do with Colt?
1: <laughs> well, I'm, that's interesting because Colt, cause Colt didn't seem like a like a Dark Order guy to me. So I'm interested to see see what they actually do with that. Now, last week, at the top of the show, I brought brought this up. So I did get a chance to watch You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I did get a chance to watch uh, it. Did you, did you watch it or no?
0: I haven't. Can we save the review for next week? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually purchased it last night, and literally when I purchased it, it was it was late, and I was like doing like three things, uh, getting ready for today, and I'm like, you know what? If I watch the whole thing, I'll be up too late. And I was like, all right, you know what? It's purchased. I will watch it Thursday or Friday night.
1: Okay, because I I rent it on on my Apple on my phone from on through Apple okay. TV, and they, they they give you 48 hours to watch it, but it's really cool. good. Um,
0: yeah. I imagine this. I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Yeah, well, if anybody wants to see what you will look like in 15 years, definitely check it out. Um, one thing I'll say, uh, Courtney Cox's first wife is on the movie, and you'll mm-hmm. see his current wife. And my God, you would think they're twins. I, I, <laughs> I'll leave it. At, I'll just leave it at that. I have noticed
0: that from social media.
1: Really? Yeah, you would think they're twins. It, it was incredible. Uh, she's just, 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 she's just a bit younger than Co- Courtney Cox is now, but um, that's it for the night. Got anything for us? For us? Um,
0: did you pre-order your Super Seven Figs? Yes. Check you out, Big Bad Toy Big Store. Big flex. Big flex.
1: Cause they don't charge you till um they ship.
0: Still predicting twelve months from now.
1: I don't know because I think Big Bad took, don't quote me on that. I think they said December, but then oh. like Ringside or wherever the hell said August. So I'm not I'm not sure. I could be yeah. wrong, but they don't charge you until um, December. I mean, um, when they're yeah. in stock.
0: So I am not like many of the marks out there that come for Ringside's throat about everything under the sun. Um, several of Ringside's exclusives i have ordered as pre-orders never like elite series or anything like that obviously you know the three of us did the uh AW unrivaled series one together but i did a few i did um i did a few bozo moves i i did order a couple couple things recently um like i ordered the aw ring and
1: the the, uh, the, that, the elite scale the scale ring
0: the the elite scale with the kenny because i like the black and green kenny more than the one from series one so i ordered the ring i'm trying to think what oh i ordered that with a little bit of bubbly but the ring is back in stock bubbly i don't i guess is but it hasn't shipped yet so i'm like I, you know i'm like ugh, they don't ship nothing until they're both in stock so aside from that i ordered i pre-ordered the Brett and Goldberg pack, obviously,
1: Ugh. big, big, big mark for the belt. First U.S. T- title, are you goofy? Well, I'll give it WCW, this: U- WCW
0: U.S. Championship, and it's not even like the the accurate one to so, like the Attitude Era, and like the uh, you know the, the three. Belts you get that back? Three plate. uh no, it's never left. Oh, it's still in layaway. Um, so that I'm I'm really looking forward to that belt coming in, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that pack. But the funny part is I ordered that, and in the same order, I ordered the China Triple H um, double pack that was on back order. So since that's on back order, my Goldberg hasn't shipped. So I emailed them, and I'm like, hey, is there any chance? Like, I know you guys don't ship at separate times, but, like, can you ship me stuff from order number this and order number this that are currently in stock? And then, you know, maybe just send me the other stuff when that comes in. He's like, no, technically due to covid and limited staffing right now, we don't have the manpower to do that. I'm just like, I hate it here.
1: Yeah, I haven't opened the uh, the Triple H in China one yet. Um, surprising. But, but, but while we're here, we're going to talk about this now. They're good figures, uh, and we understand that they're the, that they're their first the first run, so they're going to be flawed. But what are we talking about? These AAW figures. Oh, okay. So, do you think it was just? Do you think they were? I don't want to say. I know we were excited, but do you think they're a little bit, little bit overhyped? That I might be wording this wrong. I just don't think they're just as like great as we all, as everybody's kind of making them out to be. I know they're they're sought after.
0: So, all right. So i I think I one hundred percent get what you're saying, and I disagree. Um, there are these figures do have quote unquote flaws if if we want to be freaking perfectionists, there are several Uh, i'm not one of them people (laughs) okay well i know i know you and and prep both way more than me will complain about like a face scan and i got kind of like beefs with like the the skin tone or the face scan of like cody's and stuff i think overall like i i think they're great i think they're great I, i mean i think series one the biggest issue would be kenny's hair um I, I Kenny if I'm correct is only Kenny and Jericho that come with second sets of hands is that accurate? Uh, you have them all loose.
1: I believe I think the Cody I think Cody game was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so all three of them then. All right.
1: I yeah, wait. No, no.
0: Cody does. It. I don't think Cody does. Cody just comes with the okay. the the, ham, the hammer, the weightlifting belt. Jericho probably only comes with extra hands because he has hands like his gloves for his entrance regular hands coat uh kenny has you know the the gun fingers and one without that um i mean if i want to be an overly snob i mean you, you know i adamantly hate closed fists as the only options for a figure and the young bucks both have closed figs um i opened the three guys i just mentioned cody kenny and jericho initially right when i got them within the first 24 hours Brandy, I'm keeping mock due to exclusivity, and it was the only box that was in really good shape. So I'm like, I'm just going to hunt that. Maybe I'll open it if I never find it. But the Young Bucks I opened during All Out. I I can't say enough good stuff about those figures. In my opinion, the only flaw is it doesn't come with open hands. Um, the The entrance gear, the accuracy to that, Double or nothing gear, I think it's just so good, and I still think for the price point, like I think with how good that figure is, I think like at twenty bucks for the small company and the detail it went in, uh, I'm I'm here for
1: it. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm coming from like you know we're all excited when we get the, when I got the tracking the tracking number, and mm-hmm. it's like you know when you get a new when you get when you get something new, it's like you're excited yeah, for, yeah. for like for like days, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After opening these, I was just like, okay. you know maybe 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 because i'm not the biggest bucks guy and thing and stuff but that's just kind of how i felt like okay it's it's, the excitement's over
0: i feel like and i mean i i've always felt this way with like sneakers but i always felt like this is how you kind of are with your fig collection it's you you're like you're pumped like me at least my opinion on how i've always interpreted like you you get a new figure you you get your uh, kitchen counter pictures in, and then you're like, all right, cool. On to the next one, and then it's like, you know, th- those those new figs go in your Ziploc bag. They're tucked away, and it's 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 you know, what's what's the next piece of business? You're 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 done.
1: Yeah, because like I'll still have excitement for it a- after the fact. Like I'll still look at it and like take it out occasionally to mess around with it. But it's like the A W ones. I was just like, okay, you know, m- maybe when we get more. For him to interact yeah. with, maybe, but I was just kind of like, eh, okay, like I'm excited for the next wave of like MJF and uh, Hangman being the main ones, but you know, th- that's how it was for me. And uh, I did uh pre order the uh, the Ashley Ultimate, by the way, today. Oh, nice, it was on order yeah, um, till mid October.
0: I was thinking about it earlier because I-, I popped in, I-, I found Viscera in the wild today, and It was a target that's not normally on my route. And the last thing I bought from this specific target, I I believe this is pre-COVID, I got the Ultimate Series 1 uh, Warrior and Ronda. And it was probably the only time I saw Warrior in the wild. I mean, it's the craziest thing. Aside from Brett and Shinsuke, I don't think I've seen any of the other Ultimates in the wild. I I still want and need uh, Sean and Brock. Really, Sean, I need that Sean bad. I just haven't seen
1: it. Yeah, I've never seen those in the wild either. I've seen Triple H and Balor in the wild, but I never saw Sean and Brock. I got mine off ringside when they had the double, yeah, the double sale for, for for the for the pack of both of them. But yeah, I pre-ordered the Ashley because it's ringside. It's the only way you can get it. So I just both, had to. Or too. no, is there, the rocks going to be rocks Amazon? Amazon or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Rocks Amazon. So I'm looking forward to. Your review of "You Cannot Kill" David Arquette. So next week's episode, yeah, go ahead. I'll be back for that. Yeah. So next week's episode is back to old school. So we're going back to two thousand six. It'll be Unforgiven two thousand six. Uh, I I completely fucked the schedule up. I forgot I forgot to integrate the WWE pay per view for September. When I did the schedule? So next week's all about Unforgiven two thousand six. Uh, anything else for us? That's about it. Oh, by the way, uh, how how was? Uh, Kip Sabian introducing Miro. Oh, <laughs> by the okay. way, it just popped up on my phone. So I, I you was know curious.
0: I'm, I'm I'm happy you ask my opinion. Good go home segment. I'll be one million percent honest with this. I have been aggravated, annoyed, disappointed with Rusev, with Miro, with Lana's husband in uh, post-release um his claims of like being done with wrestling um and then you know just kind of like i don't want to say like i'm mad about him burying the company but i'm just like oh okay like he's whining about kind of like the way i interpret it, like he's whining about like how his career went in certain ways and then he's like what i'm gonna do is now i'm a gamer you're just gonna watch me on twitch this is it this is it and then like he's embracing his like bad haircut i'm like man is it like <laughs> is he like i can tell the hair is spinning is it balding like what is he doing Lana's uh, account pisses me off. I'm like, yo, this guy is a real Mo. <laughs> so, this Kip Sandian thing goes on. And I'm like, dude, I can't stand Kip. Like, what a nobody. Why are they giving him, like, a wedding-type segment? And he's introducing his best man. Who cares? I'm staring at Pat Penelope. He he, big leagues. Um, Tony Schiavone kicks him out the ring. Some Mo. You remember... Um ac baby from the hoh show some guy bigger than him comes out (laughs) no music nothing so he's like yo yo yo." he's like yo you're he runs up the stage he's like what are you doing he's like well you told me last night he's like no 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 i thank you for subscribing to my twitch account i said you're the best comma man so he goes walks away gets back in the ring so he's like all right all right here here's look i'm trying to get right to the point here comes my best man here comes Brian Pillman running down the ring. Brian <laughs> Pillman also clean with a pair of Rookie of the Year ones. He's like, no, Absolutely. dude. Like I, like I, He's like, we were texting. And I was, you know, you kept asking me what was going on. And I was just, you know, just, you know, I was just trying to say, dude, you're the best. There was a comma. Man, I do think there was another random person before, but then finally it goes. You don't really see the figure. You see something come up. I thought I read zero. On the screen, and I'm like, "Oh, what indie goofball is this?" They go to the they go to the back of the person. You just see that he's got short hair, and I'll be honest, I had no idea it was about to be artist formerly known as Rusev. Here comes Rusev with a fresh cut, fresh cut <laughs> beard done right, ble- beard dark bleached, bleached his hair. It says the best man in the Rusev de font and colorway. He comes out. He does his modern day uh, of the X-Pac, the X-Pac joining DX kind of promo, Um, you know, shoots on the brass ring and being in the same house for 10 years. Um, You know, I I will say just like I'm like, all right, man, if he's done with wrestling, that's disappointing how good he could have been, how good he was. Like, you know, as a guy that his only title was the U.S. title and he probably goes down as top two like after cena he's the best u.s champion in the last 10 years so for him to show up i thought it was awesome i didn't see it coming either i um so i thought i thought AEW did a tremendous job with that.
1: yeah that's definitely one thing i gotta check out and if anybody had a best man if anybody was be a best man i think he'll be the perfect best man he just looks like a fun best man to have so uh that's it for the show's uh, Four 25 Fly, Eric Trambickey, I'm Halo Aaron Lloyd. We'll talkin see you guys next madness. week. They talkin'
0: all they talking all that they hop on the top rope by the lamb's elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam, here we go again. Fans, mocking man, man, I hate my balls, shut the missing man, and they shake the lamb off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talkin' madness, awesome, well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.